time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this. American people I think is good people. They are they have not to charge with the guilty of all the lies. Welcome back to the Cold War Papa Bear episode 230 um NATO yeah. part something uh, <clears throat> history of Czechoslovakia part 4 I think. Yeah. Yeah. We're just here sitting here getting our check on. Uh please join us. We're having fun. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> It's the title of this episode. Right. Uh, at, at the end of our last episode, we talked about that uh, after World War II, Edvard Benes went back to uh, Czechoslovakia with the support of the Soviet Union, took control of his country, a lot of communists in his government, uh, as well senior ministers, including the prime minister, Gottwald. And the, the Communist Party was very popular yes. in Czechoslovakia at the time. Two, uh, two and a half million party members out of a population of roughly 11 million, making it the most successful political party in the history of the world in terms of a percentage of the population. Right. If I could, while that swell towards the Communist Party is happening at the same time, there was just a major war and that war is over with now. And what's next? Revenge. You have to get some revenge. So some of the Czechs are getting revenge openly, on the Germans. Uh, some of them are trying to do it through uh, policies or procedures. We talked about that last time where they were literally forcing the Germans out of their country. And so the point is, you and I have talked a billion times about how the communists, whether you like them, whether you don't like them, whether you agree, it, it doesn't matter. You have to admit, if you've studied any kind of history, that they're very disciplined. They're very good at what they do. And so you've got the Czech state, and there's a lot of people screaming for for revenge against the Germans. And so there's a lot of violence. There's a, the violence is floating in the air. And these people are saying, we've got to get rid of the Germans. We've got to get rid of the Hungarians. And the communists are going, ah, yes. But we also have to get rid of the economic traitors. We have to get rid of the bourgeois elements. And so get your revenge, but let's also remember who helped weaken this country and let's go after them too. So the communists are very disciplined. They're very focused. They know what they want. And so they're going along with the non-communists, but at the same time, they're trying very hard to make sure that their goals are met too, because like you said, they're very popular with the people and they see that they actually have a shot at one day running this country. Yeah. And very popular at the polls too, yes. as we'll see. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, wartime policies had already done a great deal to pave the way for the communists in Czechoslovakia. Right. You know, the the Nazis had abolished the universities, imprisoned intellectuals, deported all the Jews, cracked down on patriotic societies, mm-hmm. um, and the extreme right-wing Czech, Slovakian, and Nazi authorities had basically silenced the Czech middle class. And, uh, you know, there had been policies in place of favouring manual labourers with more money, bonuses, higher pay, you know, work outings, team-building mm-hmm. exercises, to try and get the lower classes on board with the uh, far right. So there was this whole 
five, six-year process of divide and rule throughout Czechoslovakia. And it had just further exacerbated the existing tensions between the upper, middle, and lower classes, between the different religions, the different sort of ethnic backgrounds in the country. Um, And obviously there's resentment. The people that had been the losers during Mm -hmm. all of that had had their lives destroyed, their families disappeared or killed, uh, mm-hmm. their, their businesses taken away from them, their properties, etc., their jobs, etc. So when you, as you said, you, there's sort of revenge. I mean, it's revenge is a hard word, but there's also, you know, a, 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 a need for justice, exactly. Yeah. And, and to get back what you had, to get back to the place where you were before the war, if you were, you know, if you'd worked all your life and you were middle class, uh, before the war, now you've got nothing. Yeah, you you, you want to you want things to go back to the way they were, and uh, you're, you're going to do whatever it takes to try and get back to where you were. You know, yeah. if you're if you're f- our age, if you're in your early to mid fifties, and everything's been stripped away from you mm-hmm. for for no good reason, right? Uh, you, you want that you want that back. You know, yeah. you've only got certain number of working years left uh, yeah. to provide for yourself and your family and your retirement and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of there's a lot of internal struggles going on after the war. And if I could real quick, you're going to if you can't get back your own stuff, you're going to go to whatever party, political party, whatever entity can help you. And the communists are making it quite clear we want to find out, you know, the Germans who were responsible uh, punish them accordingly or whatever, where some people are just going around bashing heads. So there's there's also lawlessness going on as well. So who can uh, make the appropriate people pay, get me my stuff back, but also bring peace and prosperity to this region again, because we haven't had it for six years. And, and the communists are answering a lot of those calls. Mm. They're trying to. Yeah, they brought, they yeah. brought in... Um... Uh, the bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards. Sure. Sounds uh, right. With his baseball bat. He was just walking around, just, you know, beating Nazi heads in. Brad Pitt was there with his yeah. Bowie knife, carving swastikas in the foreheads of the ones that they and, didn't kill. And really bad Italian accent, can I say? He had a really bad. Anyway, go ahead. Arrivederci. Uh, buongiorno. I. Um, I saw Tarantino on Bill Maher's oh. podcast the other day talking about the Bear Jew role in Glorious Bastards. It was originally supposed to be played by Adam Sandler. Oh. But by the time he got around to filming, Sandler had already could, committed to making a comedy film called Funny People right. with Judd Apatow. And uh, Tarantino, Apatow was also on the episode, and, and uh, Tarantino was complaining that Apatow had stolen all of the Jews in Hollywood for his <laughs> film. And so he's like, all the good Jews were gone. You took all the good Jews. Uh, so he ended up using his mate, the filmmaker, oh, to wow. play the role. But, yeah, Sandler would have been so great. I bet you Sandler's kicking himself that he yes. didn't get to play the bad Jew. Um, now, there are lots of stories about retribution. Yes. Uh, against Germans and collaborators mm-hmm. uh, in this period after the war. There was a, one doctor who gave 45 German prisoners, mainly SS and Gestapo, lethal injections. I reckon about all in all, 550 out of 3,725 German prisoners after the war were executed. Damn. 70 of them directly at the hands of former prisoners. 
and the rest is a result of like the harsh conditions that they were kept in. But it wasn't only the SS and Gestapo, civilians who mm-hmm. were German were stripped to the waist and had swastikas painted on their backs and their foreheads, you know, forced to do manual labour, slave labour, like replacing cobblestones in the streets. In some streets there were electrocuted bodies Mm -hmm. uh, said to have been Gestapo agents hanging from lampposts. Yeah. Um, there was a group of German women who had had their hair torn out who were being forced by a crowd to lick a huge swastika that was painted on the pavement, lick oh, it off. yeah, I forgot about that. Jeez. I mean, They're it mad. was. They're upset. Yeah. yeah. Yes, people were angry. People were seeking revenge and retribution. Was that the wild or illicit transfer that went from made? to August of 1945, or was that a part of that? Um, where they literally gathered up, yeah, you know, like we were saying earlier, um, like 2.8 million ethnic Germans were forcibly moved out of the country, and there would be more in later 1946. And so this does this starts pretty much right after the war ends, and people are looking for payback. They're very angry, they're hurt, and they know because those people are right there, they know who did this to them, and they go out looking for them, and they find them. And as I said earlier in the last episode, I think if mm-hmm. you know if, if you look at post-revolutionary Cuba, where you see pretty harsh treatment by Castro's government, both of Baptista's army and as well as political officials and and the bourgeoisie who collaborated with them, profiteers, right. etc. Uh, when Americans point to that and try to make the case that Che Guevara was a brutal killer because they were executing collaborators and profiteers and Batista's army and those sorts of things. It's pretty standard behavior in a post-war society. Uh, People want to get revenge. They want retribution. And also for practical, purely practical and logical reasons, we don't trust you. You you betrayed the ideals of our country. Uh, We can't trust you to be in this country. We're either going to deport you or we're going to execute you. You might say, well, why don't you just throw them all in prison? Well, if you've got millions of people, like two to three million Germans are deported, as you said, which was about 10, 20% of the uh, population of Czechoslovakia. Yeah, Yeah, you you don't have enough prisons. Exactly. You you don't have enough food. It's just not practical. It's not doable. They couldn't really send them to Germany either because there was – no Germany left. Germany right. had been taken over. Latin. Had yeah. had its own problems. At yes. least in Cuba, they all got a trial. They, you know, they were often a very, very quick military trial. Right. Um, but you know, they tried to do it as uh, formally uh, as possible, as yeah. civilized as possible. There was a trial. Evidence was presented. A military jury made a decision. And it was usually guilty, and you were taken out and shot a minute later. But uh, this is standard in these sorts of situations, right? People are angry. People have had their lives destroyed. They want revenge. Doesn't necessarily mean it's nice. Right. No, exactly. But we would all do it. Um, We would all think it. We would all want to do it. I mean, it's just human nature. I'm thinking it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let me know. Um, I wanted to talk about the. uh, We'll see. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, well, I think, you know, you you wait to see what happens after the Ukraine war. 
Ooh, I mean, regardless of, of how it ends and who wins, there will right. be retribution. retribution. Yeah. And, there, and I'm sure there, there already is. It's, you know, there's all these stories of mass graves. Right. Um, there are, there are uh, claims of atrocities being committed by both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's what war is like. You know, yes. people become brutal. People do brutal things. They lose right. their damn minds. Exactly. What do you that's want to why, say? Uh, that, well, first of all, that's why we're lovers, not fighters. Uh, the next thing I was going to say, I was going to bring up something from October 1945, but I didn't want to jump. I'm getting into 46, so okay. go for let, it. let me do this again. So, so as so as we're going on, it's post-war. There's 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 calls for revenge. The communists are trying to solidify their positions. So are the other parties. But we, we've been talking about the Czechs, and we've been talking about the Slovaks. Unfortunately, and even though they had a country together and they made it work, unfortunately, we're going to get to a point in October of 1945 where nationalism rears its ugly head. In October of 1945, the Allies, thinking they're doing something good, go to the Czech state and they go, oh, here's your former president, Joseph Tiso, to the Czech authorities. Here's the guy. The Czechs are like, oh, I can't wait to get our hands on him. We're going to rip this guy apart. But he's Slovak. And so the Slovak population, not only to the east, but there are some in the Czech state, they're going, no, that's going too far. We don't want this guy hurt. We'll be very resentful if you do. And so nationalism, out of everything that's going on at this point, and there's like 25 things going on at the same time, now you've got nationalism. Now you've got these two sides starting to turn on each other and not like each other because one side wants revenge against this guy who did horrible things. And the other guys are saying... He might have been bad, but he's one of us and he was our leader. So we would really appreciate it if you didn't kill him. So now there's building tension between the Czechs and the Slovaks. And we have to see how that works out. Um, because the last thing anybody needs is a civil war right, right after World War II. Yeah, I've got some more about Tizo a little oh, bit later on. Sorry. Okay. Um, now, Benes is still running the place. All of these mm-hmm. atrocities are going on under the leadership of Edvard Benes, yeah. one of the founders of the country, not a communist. Right. Speaking of Benes and democracy, the first parliamentary elections held in Czechoslovakia, well, the only parliamentary elections held in Czechoslovakia actually after the war happened on the 26th of May, 1946. Mm-hmm. The KSC, the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia, emerged as the largest party, winning 114 of the 300 seats. Wow. 93 for the main party, 21 for the Slovak branch. They got 38% of the vote. It was the highest vote share that any party had ever achieved in a Czechoslovak parliamentary election. Uh, No party had ever achieved more than 25% before this. Voter turnout was 93%. So, damn. The most, by far, the most popular political party in Czechoslovakia in 1946, two years before the supposed coup d'état, were were the communists. Yeah. Massive amounts of support in the population. Yes. Um, Clement Gottwald, prime minister uh, after the war, he'd been the leader of the KSC since 1929. Mm-hmm. formed a coalition government and became the new prime minister. But the government still had a non-communist majority. There were only nine 
communist ministers and there were 17 non-communist ministers. Right. Ben Ayers is still president because the pre-war constitution had declared the former president shall stay in his or her function till the mm-hmm. new president shall be elected, but he gets officially re-elected in 1946 anyway. Now, he gave assurances to the people that the Soviet Union had no intention of interfering in Czechoslovakia's internal affairs and that the country's new and transformed democracy would live side by side with the Soviet socialist system until Czechoslovakia could be gradually turned into a socialist utopia using what he called an evolutionary path empirically and by scientific economic planning without catastrophes, without violence, by agreement and cooperation. So that was the way that he was pitching the future of Czechoslovakia in 1946. It's going to become, it is going to become socialist country and we're going to do it slowly, scientifically, with no violence uh, and with cooperation. That is our destiny. Now, on the other hand, all politics is local. The communists know that, and you're right, they, they, uh, they capture what, 38% of the votes. That's a staggering, but they're like, you know what? I bet if we keep doing what we're doing for the next election in 48, I bet we can get 51%. I bet we can run this place outright and we will give everybody what they want because clearly they're supporting us and they want the communist agenda. I get that. But in order for the communists to get to that 51%, they have to deal with the Slovaks who are obviously going to be fighting back and they're going to be not literally but politically fighting for the next election but the communists again very disciplined very experienced people they're going to start going after the slovaks in a in a political way not a not a violent physical way but they're like we're we're going to do what we can to undermine you so when the next election comes we'll get even more seats that's not evil just because they're communists, that's normal politics. But that was their goal to do even better next time. But in some history books, it gets it gets uh, spun that the communists are planning something underhanded. No, they're just going to ramp up their game for the next election, and they do a very good job. Yeah, it's what all political parties want exactly. to do, right? Is get more yeah. votes next time. Exactly. Now, in this 90, after this nineteen forty six election, communists got thirty eight percent of the vote. They saw that as uh, broad support for their nationalisation program that they'd gone to the polls with. They said, look, if you elect us, um, we will move forward with, you know, uh, expelling the unwanted ethnic groups and we will redistribute the wealth held by the bourgeoisie into the hands of the the you know general classes, the lower classes, the working classes of the Czechs exactly. and Slovaks, and that's what they did uh, in the first republic. They took it from the lit, rich German landowners and said, "Whoa, that's way too much land you've got," and they broke it up. Now they're doing it again because that's what you do to make things more fair. And that was Masaryk and Benes uh, yes. doing it back yes. there, right? Running things, Not the con- exactly, exactly. Even the prequel, so it's a continuation. It's an it's an evolution of of where they started before the war, mm-hmm. but there was still a significant part of the population, particularly in Slovakia, that were Catholics and that yes. were kind of far right. Yes. Remember that the Catholic far right had been a major problem for Tito and Yugoslavia as oh, yes. well. Uh, you know, we had lots of stories about uh, Catholic fascism in Yugoslavia during yes. the war. 
It's a similar sort of thing in Slovakia. Right. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that the president of Slovakia during the war was Josef Tizo, Mm -hmm. a former Catholic priest, another Catholic fascist. Right. I would have loved to have been at a meeting between him and Tito. Uh, Josef Tiso, this is Josef Tito. Tito, Tizo, Tizo, Tito. You guys have a lot to talk about. Tito said, why don't we call me Big T and we call you Little T? No offense. No offense. I'm older. No, but yeah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, as you indicated earlier, uh, after the war, Tizo gets arrested in 1947. He gets executed for war crimes and crimes against humanity. Dang, he baby. appealed his death sentence to Edvard Benes, and Benes went, oh, look at the time. That's and right. the guy was immediately hanged by the neck <laughs> he, until he was dead. Yeah, well, the the, uh, the Slovaks were starting to raise a stink, and they said, look, if we're going to do this, let's do it fast and get it out of the way, because if we drag it out, they might try to break him out of jail. Yeah, hung on April 18th, 1947. They are not playing. He's one of the bad guys. He's got to go. But he was still very popular yes. with the Catholics Absolutely. in the country. Well, just, just like all the other guys that um, Tito had to mess with, and they went back and I can't remember any names, but no, they were they were certainly allies with very powerful people in the Catholic Church, and they were all anti-Semitic. Yeah, and as were most of the Catholics in this region, yes. anti-Semitic. They thought this guy was a hero, a legend, um, and obviously, when he gets executed yeah. for war crimes, Best. which he was absolutely uh, guilty of, yes, um, they are not happy. The Catholics, Czechoslovakia, the the, the far-right Catholic fascists, obviously probably not all Catholics felt this way, Mm -hmm. but a significant proportion of them felt this way. They are pissed and uh, some of them, it seems, uh, conceived of a plot to overthrow the elected government and replace it. uh, With uh, you know their own government, right? And, And again, this is quite believable because these things happen. We've seen it happen time and time again. So you got 947, there are uh, claims made about Slovak emigres, uh, people that have left the country, uh, uh, who are plotting to mm-hmm. overthrow the popularly elected government. Yes. Um, remember, Catholics don't like communists either. Right. Catholics hate Jews and they hate communists. So... Mm-hmm. A lot of communists, communists are very popular. They like Catholics. They like Protestants. Have you you ever seen the show Dairy Girls? Love that fucking – I've seen it twice. I've watched the – Really? I laugh my (laughs) ass off. We always go around the house going, what's the one, the the wild one with the long dark hair where she says, I couldn't really be – Something to give a fucking shit, could I? Or we just say that to each other all the time. You can't just say no. They have to somehow cuss each other out. And so we repeat lines. But anyway, the way they treat Protestants and the English is absolutely hilarious, the way they talk about them. Do you know how old the girls are in no. real life, the actresses um, who play the teenage girls? God, Late 20s. I have no idea. Between 30 and 35. Well... Yeah. And Damn. James, the guy who plays James. Oh, he's hilarious. He's- I'm not gay. <laughs> no, um, I'm just English. Yeah. I love the fact thing. that they um, 
if anyone suggests he's gay, they all defend. Uh, yes. they're, they're all like, oh, you homophobe, but yeah, they yeah. all hate him because he's British. But, but they can say it. They can say yeah. it, but no one yeah. else is allowed to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. God. And I like the way everybody just refers to them all collectively as the girls. Clearly yeah. he's a guy, but they just call him. Hey, look, girls, girls. Or whatever. Yeah, and I love the nun who's the principal of the. She school is my to. fucking hero. <laughs> she is my hero. She doesn't. Uh, she's Catholic because she hates everybody, or she hates everybody, and so she had to be Catholic. I'm not sure well, what she came. Beca- first. She says in one episode in season two, she became a nun for the free accommodation. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> She really doesn't believe it. She doesn't give a shit. She hates everything. She hates the priest. The priest comes around. He's like, look, you really wanted to be an 80s pop idol so bad, didn't you? Could you get rid of the ponytail? You're a priest for God's sakes. But I love love that show. Great show. But just, you know, so the Catholics hate everyone. They hate the prods. It they makes it easy. Jews. You just hate, hate everybody. the communists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, but if the I could, I just, yes, I wanted to add on to what you're saying. So it's September 1947. Uh, the Slovak minister of the interior is like, look, we've, we've been told, we've been informed that there are people within the Democratic Party who are planning a rebellion. They want to take over. They want to kill Benes. And so something has to happen. Is that true? I have no idea. But there's probably a decent chance that somebody wanted to, to kill Bene, someone wanted to take over, and they don't want the communists in charge. And so now the communists who are growing suddenly have to look after themselves because the other party is gunning for them. Well, there seems to be uh, good evidence that mm-hmm. there was uh, some truth to this. Um, right. One of the leaders of the plots was a guy called Ferdinand Duchansky, who was a Slovak nationalist leader during the war, collaborated with the Nazis. He's another Catholic fascist. Right. The United Nations War Crimes Commission condemned him to death in absentia. Oh. So, so it's real. It's uh, real. He was real. Well, this yeah. is for things that he did during the war, but he nevertheless escaped to the West in 1945 using the Vatican rat lines, uh, ended up in Argentina. thought maybe the CIA got him there, but go ahead. Sorry. Well, there was some support uh, for him from the CIA and also from uh, one of the Cambridge Five Mm. uh, who was, you know, working all angles. He ends up going to Argentina, becomes a critic of the government of Czechoslovakia, particularly the communists in the government. He's supposedly a member of something called the Intermarium. You ever heard of the Intermarium? Mm -mm. What is that? It was an underground anti-communist network with a headquarters in Paris that played a large role in helping Nazis escape after the war, mm-hmm. and, and it was under control of British intelligence uh, to help the Nazis that they liked escape. And, the good Nazis. Uh, the good Nazis, yeah. <laughs> so he gets... Yeah, he he ends up in the Vatican, right? And uh, they get into Argentina, but they, you know, they're conspiring to restore the Slovak regime, the Catholic fascist regime. Yes, uh, and he starts making daily broadcasts to the Slovak areas of Czechoslovakia, according to the New York Times. Right, I, I was going back and looking up stories about these guys in the Times archives. Mm-hmm. They were publishing leaflets saying that he would soon return to take over as prime minister of an independent Slovakia. He established his own Slovak Liberation Committee, and he ends up working for the Gelen Org in West Germany, 
We've talked about them before, run by former Nazis, supported by the US government right. and the CIA. Yeah. They were the good Nazis. Well, when they formed the basically the secret police of West Germany, exactly. run by former, actually not really former, still current still Nazis, but just Nazis. on the hush-hush, you know. <laughs> Uh, had secret Nazi handshakes and that kind of stuff. <laughs> another guy involved in the plots was Carol Sidor, again, another Catholic fascist. He right. was, a, again, like uh, Duchansky, was a minister briefly in Slovakia okay. under Tizo during World War II. Mm-hmm. Funny thing about both of these guys, they were ministers under Tizo early on, but the Nazis didn't trust them. So the Nazis got Tizo to push them out. They stayed oh. friendly with Tizo, but the Nazis right. were like, even look, we're Nazis and even we don't <laughs> trust these guys. <laughs> I think the, the, the vibes are just too harsh. Yeah. Get them out of here, please. It's too harsh. Look, harsh. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Nazi and I'm telling you. I, Those guys. I get, a, I, get a, I get a creepy feeling from these guys. <laughs> <laughs> After I shake their hand, I got to go take a shower. And I'm a Nazi. So could you get rid of them, please? Thank you very much. Like uh, Duchansky, after the war, he hid out in the Vatican, but, you know, was given a U.S. and a Canadian passport after the war because, You're after the war, because, look, yeah, yeah, okay, he's a fascist, but at least he hates the communists. He's our um, kind of fascist. Yeah. 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 Come join so, us. Yeah. After uh, so in, in September 1947, the Slovak Minister of the Interior uh, announces that they uncovered this anti-state conspiracy Mm-mm. being directed by Sidor and Duchansky. Right. It was also claimed that some 50 officials of the Democratic Party, including the General Secretary, Commissioner for Finance, and the Deputy Prime Minister of the National Front Government, were right. all in secret contact with the plotters. Oh. And were plotting to assassinate Benes and restore the Slovak regime. I think so we've seen this before. They're going to carry yeah. knives under their togas, go into the Senate, yeah. and stab yeah. him in the testicles. Uh, we okay, yeah. we've been there. All right. Yeah. Just now, there's a, this basically results in a, a fairly large purge. Yeah. Uh, Seven hundred people get arrested in connection with the conspiracy. The Board of Commissioners in Slovakia, because it kind of had its own, uh, you know, after they reintegrated during the war, it had its own independent Board of Commissioners. Right. It gets, they get replaced and taken over by co- communists. Right. Who are perceived to be loyal to the people. Now, Defending again, remember, yeah. largest political party in the country, yeah. cleaned up in the elections, 38% of the vote, um, you know, have legitimate uh, mandate. Yeah. to deliver the will of the people. Did they go overboard? Were you know were all of these seven hundred people uh, guilty of being involved in the conspiracy? We will never know. But that's right. but, but the conspiracy itself was legitimate. Yes. and these you know Sidor and Duchansky were legitimately plotting an overthrow. How big it was, how widespread it was, hard to say. Right. Was it an op- Was it being used? I mean, the way it gets portrayed by you know Western histories of this is that it was like Stalin's purges, an opportunistic thing to just get rid of everybody you didn't like. Yeah. Um, possibly mm. truth yeah. to that. Hard to say. Is it yeah. you know? On one hand, you'd say it's completely legitimate. On the other hand, you say it's um, largely illegitimate. The truth probably, like most things, lies somewhere in the middle. 
Yeah, and, but these two sides, the Dem, uh, I don't like to call them the Slovaks and the communists, were certainly going at each other. So it was, a, it was a legitimate fight for survival for both sides. But like you said, one side got 38% of the vote. So you could call them the good guys fighting to defend the government if you wanted to. Yeah. Now, of course, the Catholics uh, aren't very happy about the you, fact that you knew. even more Catholics have been arrested yeah. And the country basically devolved into a series of name-calling episodes. The non-communists are accusing the communists of Gestapo-like tactics. Right. The communists are accusing the non-communists of being reactionaries who are trying to subvert the government, assassinate the president, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And now that turns into strikes, demonstrations, pamphlet wars on all sides. Oh, it's just breakdown. Yeah, breaking yeah, down. Yeah, it's a complete breakdown of society. Yeah. Now, the Czechoslovakian government had previously agreed uh, in principle to take Marshall Plan money. Right. But then, of course, they pulled out Yeah. because the USA uh, uh, came up with the attachment that, oh, well, anyone who takes the money has to get rid of all of the communists in their country. Right. Um, and they're like, well, we 38% of the... <laughs> Bitch. Yeah, voted for the communists and we are a large percentage of the government. So they obviously couldn't abide by that. Now, again, right. in the history books, the way this gets portrayed typically is, well, oh. they didn't take the Marshall Plan because Stalin told them not to. They didn't want to yeah. displease but Stalin. Why yeah. did Stalin tell them not to? It was because of the conditions yeah. that the US put on acceptance of the Marshall Plan money. They weren't making an exception for Czechoslovakia, they weren't saying, oh, you can keep your communists and take our money. Yeah. Well, if I could real quick, because you made this point before, the Americans are basically saying, here's a shit ton of money, but to be quite blunt, we get to own your ass. Are you okay with that? And as we said on the previous episode, these guys have already said, the Czechs, the communists have already said, we've seen how things worked out in the 1930s. Uh, uh, capitalism isn't doing us any good. Far-right politics isn't doing any good. The Soviets had to come in and save us. So we've already determined that our future lies with Stalin and or the USSR. So we're not taking the money because we've already decided what our future is. And because you Americans are putting all these conditions on the money, it's not some evil plan by Stalin. Again, get that out of, of your head or, or it shouldn't even be in the history books. These people are like, we made our decision. If you want to help us, Americans, help us. But if you're going to make it conditional, we're going back to our original plan and hang with the East because we think that's where our salvation lies. Yeah, and, and so in the three years that have passed since the country was liberated, it, you know, there's been mob vengeance, people's courts, they've abolished yes. the right to appeal, there's summary executions being carried out on, you know, retrospectively defined crimes mm -hmm. um, with a presumption of guilt. There are there are there's name calling, there's protests, there's strikes. The whole thing is just become a complete ungovernable mess, and yes. it comes to a head in February 1948. Yeah. Cabinet members of the National Socialist Democratic and Czechoslovak People's Parties tried to stop the uh, power grab by the communists. Mm -hmm by asking Vaclav Nozek, who was the Communist Minister for the Interior, to explain the suspension of eight non-communist police commissioners right, and the replacement of them with eight Communist Party members. Now, Nozek, uh, instead of replying, just pleads 
illness and excuses himself from the cabinet meeting. Right. But I thought I'd read not somewhere. I thought I read somewhere that no, it's not a good look. I thought I read somewhere that the people that they got rid of had been around during the war and they're like, no, we want a complete, we want a break. We want a fresh start. And I don't know this for sure, but I know that they were, the communists were trying to make a rule. Like if you were in charge or if you were part of the government during the war, when we were occupied, Nothing personal, but you can't be in charge anymore because we don't know that we can trust you. And I think some of those um, commissioner positions were people that were in power during the war, and the communists wanted a, a clean break. And I think the people wanted a clean break as well. I had read that somewhere. Does that sound familiar, or is it maybe this just the communists making a clever political move on their part? Yeah, I didn't drill down into what his yeah. reasons were, just that uh, instead of providing his reasons during the cabinet meeting, Stayed he said, right. oh, yeah. got a bit of a tummy bug, got to go. Smoke bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, yeah, not a good look. He didn't He didn't defend the decision. Right. Well, no uh, matter he what just, he said, they wouldn't have. I think I left, I think I left the gas on right. and I have to go <laughs> quickly. Yeah. On the 17th of February 1948, uh, this is a few days after this cabinet meeting, mm-hmm. the dissenting ministers announced that they would refuse to take part in further cabinet meetings until the non-communist police commissioners were returned to their posts. Oh. The Communist Party immediately right. declared a state of emergency yes. because, okay, you know, a large percentage of the ministers of the government are, have refused to turn up to work. Yeah. Uh, government can't function, we need to take action immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is essentially a complete breakdown in the government. When, when yes. ministers refuse to turn up, do their jobs, I'm not doing my job. whatever their justification, as legitimate as their justification might be, they, when your government, when half to two-thirds of your government go on strike yeah. and refuse to turn up, you got to do something. Now, the Communist Party organised a people's militia. Right. Again, keeping in mind that this is all taking place um, when there are these rumours of uh, uh, Slovak plot to assassinate and overthrow the government. Um, So that's hanging over people's heads. A couple of days later, 20th of February, 1948, 12 ministers from the non-communist parties uh, actually announced their resignation from the cabinet. Yes, now, apparently, their intention was to cause the government to fall, forcing yeah. fresh elections. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, apparently they thought they would do better Perfect in the plan. next round of elections. The communists had, had not quite a clean sweep in the 1946 elections, but, right. Let's try again. Uh, you know, sort of very, very large levels of support. Uh, the non-communist parties thought that they had a better chance in early 1948. Right. Um. According to the Constitution, half of the Cabinet's 26 ministers would have to resign in order to bring down the Cabinet, but right. they didn't get. So what's that's 13. They yeah. didn't get 13. There was only 12. They were one so they, short. One short. Now, the two ministers who weren't communists right. and could have resigned but right. didn't were Foreign Minister Jan Masaryk, the son of the, the son of- founder of the state and the right. first He's president. Right, Yeah. And the Minister of Defence, Ludwig Svoboda, they didn't resign, um, right. so the, the government didn't fall. Didn't they fall. missed out by one minister. 
Yeah. So now what are you going to do? Now the decision goes to the president. Yes. Edvard Benes. Now he yeah. could either refuse to accept the resignations or accept the resignations. Now we've got to remember that at the time of the Munich Agreement, 10 mm. years earlier, Benes was president. Yes. He had, he had accepted the Munich Agreement, not that he, he had much it. say in it, and right. they didn't really ask his opinion. Yes. And uh, he left the country and, he, you know, he obviously feels partially responsible for yeah. what happened after that. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I'd stuck around, things might have been different. Right. But, but he's not really back. sure. He it did, but, yeah. you know, half the population had gone. True. He's not really sure what to do and he hesitates. Yeah, he waits. Who doesn't he hesitate? Waits. Who doesn't wait? The communists? Dude, even Jesus is. We've been waiting for Jesus for two thousand years. I mean, like. Before we go on, I just want to point out that I think there's a very good chance that some of these cabinet ministers, the non-communists, are probably direct descendants of the people that killed Caesar, because they're like, okay, as long as half of us quit, then the the uh, the cabinet will fall, the government will fall, and everything will be fine. Let's do a count. No, no, let's not do a count. I'm sure we got it. Everything's good. Let's just go ahead and quit. So they quit. They don't bother going, okay, you, Mrs. You know, and they know, and they see that they're one shy and they do. And so their entire plan backfires. And now the communists, the government is still up. It's still legit. It's now pretty much being run by the communists. And they now have to decide how to react because Benyez will not. And so they're like, what are we going to do now? And let's remind everyone: the yes. government was democratically elected. Yes, oh, yeah. large no amount force, of support. There's no, there's violence, no question that no the revolution. elections weren't free and fair in 1946. Mm-hmm. But yep. the non-communists have basically resigned now. Yes. Wh- while Benes is hesitating, Gustav Husak, who's the chair of the board of commissioners in Slovakia or in Bratislava, right? Um, he dismisses the non-communist ministers in the Slovak government. And his basic rationale is, well, your colleagues in Prague have resigned. Your party no longer has a mandate to govern in any way, shape, or form. You're out. So, therefore, you're out. Yeah. The legitimacy of that, I'm not quite sure of. It can't. Uh, Right. No, you're right, but it can't be any better or worse than the other guys just saying, we're not going to play anymore. We're taking our ball and we're going home. Bitch, this is a government. This is people's lives. You don't just walk away. You solve the problems. Yeah. I mean, he's right. Huzak is right in that these political parties have basically, you know, walked away from the job that they were elected to do. Exactly. So it's it's all over now. He then reconfigures the membership of the uh, the board of commissioners so that ten right. out of the fourteen seats were held by communist parties, and then there's a two couple of seats for the Democratic Party and the right. Freedom Party and the Social Democrats, just as, I guess, to, sh- to make it look like, you know, they haven't taken the whole thing. Exactly. This causes the collapse of the Democratic Party in Slovakia, and the Socialist parties now basically have an uh, overall majority right across Czechoslovakia. Right. Meanwhile, the, the Communist Party uh, in Czechoslovakia rallies its supporters gives addresses on the radio appealing for mass demonstrations to condemn mm-hmm. the ministers that resigned, call them reactionaries or trying to block progress and the fulfilment of the 
election promises that the communists made during right. the 1946 elections, Gottwald appealed for action committees to form themselves to remove reactionary and subversive, subversive elements from and public life, yeah. which is basically action committees is a, another name for militias. Right. Um, you know, go and get rid of all of the reaction. Now that's, I mean, that's just going to cause. Yeah, know, but it's already broken down. The system's already broken well, down. Well, yes. Yeah. It if has. You're, you're but, right. You know, I mean, yeah. Like you would, you, you know, you would hope that you would go, listen, no one do anything rash. Don't do anything stupid. Right. Uh, we're, we're creating, uh, you know, a systems where if, if you know of somebody who's uh, uh, trying to subvert the government, betray the government, you can report it. But then it becomes, you know, that's a that's a slow, bureaucratic, red tape sort of process that communists yeah. also often get criticised for during the mid-20th century. Right. Uh, and, again, we have to remember that this is three years after World War II. Um, there's, there's these threats of, of subversion, assassination, overthrow. The country's mm. basically in a civil war at this stage. Yeah. Hasn't really erupted into large amounts of out- out and out violence yeah, yet, but, but it's, it's there. It's, it's basically where the United States is today. Yeah. It's on the verge of civil war. Oh, it's going to be a good um, one. Yeah, it's it's breaking good. down. It's falling apart at the seams. There's, everyone hates everyone else. Right. Everyone's calling everyone else names. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the action committees are said to have dismissed about 28,000 state and public employees and expelled 7,000 university students across the country. Yeah, probably causing uh, trouble. Yeah. There are protests on both sides, demonstrations in the streets. Benes is still, you know, the president, still doesn't know what to do because the population seems to be 50-50. Half of them want the communists, right. half of them don't. He doesn't know what to do. He's like a, a, a hair in the lights, rabbit in the headlights. Yes. And Just then on the 24th of February, about 2 million citizens, roughly one-sixth of the country's entire population, take part in a general strike organised by the Communist Party and trade unions uh, demonstrate support for the Communist Prime Minister Right, and it, it, with such a massive and, and well organised sort of show of, of of popular support for the Communist Party, mm-hmm. Benes finally bows to pressure on the twenty fifth of February, nineteen forty eight. He gives a speech, uh, which you know basically becomes the template for a bloodless coup. Right, where he basically says that uh, well, Prime Minister Gottwald says that he went and met with Benes. And the Benes had accepted mm-hmm. the resignation of the 12 non-communist ministers yeah, and approved the communist majority government. Yes. So this is what is known as a communist coup. But, you know, the details are that the country was basically breaking down. The non-communist president accepted that, uh, the, 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 you know, the people had resigned Right. On communist ministers, the country needed to run massive strikes across the country. This can't go on. Yeah. You know, this has been going on for, well, weeks and, and you know, the months prior to that, there had been this sort of general breakdown. Yeah. Yes. And he consents to a communist majority government right. under the circumstances. Right. That 
is the background to the communist quote-unquote coup that led to the creation of NATO. And if you're Truman and you hear this, all you know is the end results. The communists have taken over Czech, the Czech state. Um, he's probably going to assume the worst. He's probably going to assume that they tricked and lied and killed to get their way in there. But it seems that the people really wanted it. Uh, it, it was a legitimate um, desire of the people, or at least a, a certain percentage of the people. But they have their communist state. They have made their decision. And on March 10th, 1948, just a couple of weeks after this, the sun of Masaryk. Jan Masaryk, who's the foreign minister at this point, is found dead, possibly by suicide. And one of his friends did talk about his bouts of depression. So it, there's a decent chance it wasn't murder, that it was suicide. But the, the communists have taken over because that, from what we can tell, is what the people wanted. Yeah, Masaryk, Jan Masaryk hadn't uh, uh, supported the ministers who resigned, thereby f- trying to force a, a collapse of the government. And, you mm-hmm. know, he probably feels pretty shitty about that. Mm-hmm. Had already suffered from depression, apparently, been through the war, et cetera, right. et cetera. So, yeah, generally the official verdict is that it was he committed suicide. But that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of the episode and and hopefully explains the background behind the communist coup of Czechoslovakia in 1948. Next time, we will go back to how the Western allies, particularly the United States, uh, reacted to this and decided that they needed to form an alliance. Curtain has descended across the continent.